So what, what, what I'm saying is, a MacGuffin is, it, it's not just anything that moves the plot along, is what I'm saying. It's just like... But it is anything that moves the plot along that that's not a person. But it has to, to be, be... an object? It could be a person, too, I think. I think... Uh, I don't think... No, I think Belle from, from, uh, from Twilight was a total MacGuffin. They never explained what her deal was or why she was interesting to anyone at all. She had no real Bella? redeeming qualities. Yeah. Okay, that's that's a, what I'm saying. That's a a big um, explanation for your joke. Okay, you you, know you, you go like to great lengths to just to be humorous and. Well, that's what I do for our listeners. Welcome to the Transmit <laughs> Podcast, a super awesome showdown offshoot. I'm Spike. And I'm Vic. All right. Wait, should I be Vic or Victor? I think you know. You are who you are at any time of the, of the day. And I think I'll do Victor. Okay, be Victor. Just so it's distinct from the from Vic Valentine character. No, that, that makes sense. Look, how you identify yourself is your personal business. All right. But anyway. Let's be interesting. and. I mean, that's going to be a stretch for both of us. Funny. Funny? Oh, God. We're rarely that. Okay. But uh, before we be funny, I think we want to talk about the show a little bit, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. So. I mean, totally. <laughs> God damn it. So, Let's get into it. I'm excited about this show. Oh, I'm excited too. But what I wanted to ask you about was um, Space Love Adventure, because we have another one of those coming up. It's our big Valentine's Day show, and it has yeah. a really different feel from the other shows, right? Yeah, totally. So um, when you first came up with the idea for Space Love Adventure, what, what was your like inspiration? I guess it's kind of like the Rocky Horror Picture Show, some sort of like... Um, Space opera, you know, yeah. something to really make us stand out like this. That's the show that's like the fun show, you know, that's like eliminates all of the the tropes that wrestling normally has. So it's like all the like when you go watch wrestling, you're like, it's it's more like a monster truck show. Right. Like it's like monster trucks hunting. It's very masculine right. pro wrestling. And I wanted to create something that's like, you know, just a little bit more romantic, you know, love story, kind of like Gone with the Wind, you know. Yeah, and if uh, it really does have that feel where it's way more like it's less, le- way more less wrestling than our shows already are. Our, our shows yeah. have a lot of those elements, but it really doesn't feel like an average wrestling show. And yeah. this even takes it, this takes it even further, which I really like. Yeah, it's a, it's a space, it's love, it's venture, adventure. Yeah, and so I really like the feel. It feels like a Guardians of the Galaxy movie because yeah. you, you change up the music like entirely. Yeah, so instead of, you know, the normal you know, synth wave electronic kind of music that we normally play during matches. We sub it out for like, you know, classic this, like seventies era and eighties. I think a little yeah, bit seventies. So like you got some seventies rock, some soul, some funk. Oh yeah. It's great. And, um, and it allows me to go and like, look up, you know, music. The first love, space love adventure we did actually looked up online, all the songs that James Gunn wanted to use for <laughs> guardians of the galaxy, but he couldn't. So hopefully he's living vicariously through us and our <laughs> creativeness. Yeah. So I just stole those songs. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. So wait, wait. Um, was there like uh, a list somewhere? Did he just say like, here, here's a list I printed out of songs I wanted to use? Is he that kind of guy? I, I guess it was collected from interviews that he's done. Hmm. I was like, oh, okay. I don't know any of these songs, but well, and that's that's the I'm great thing about 
changing it up is you get to like find new music and especially since you're going for a different feel otherwise we just have techno all the time yeah, and i'm yeah and i'm stressing out like the weeks before the show trying to figure out what the best songs are yeah we never we still haven't released the first one but the second space of love adventure which may be a little bit better than the first one that's coming out soon Ooh, on patreon oh excellent for early access nice so and check that, Patre- that out listeners that patreon is up yeah oh sweet uh, where, where can we find is patreon at um, super awesome showdown yeah or? Mm, excellent one dollar tier gets you the early access the ten dollar tier gets you all of the you know exclusive stuff that we don't release to the general public because we're ashamed i mean because it's so awesome it's so great it's so great. <laughs> listen we deserve to be paid for our time well somebody the, does the i haven't aw- seen money from this the awkward the awkward moments you know <laughs> all the all the stuff that we've managed to weed out but makes us look more human and maybe some special podcasts that you know we were just too you know ashamed i mean no you can say shame we we, we should feel ashamed <laughs> of like the stuff that we didn't release yet we didn't want to like put this awesomeness up, you know <laughs> upon the the regular you know joe you know right. everyday person they wouldn't they're, they're understand they're not ready for it only you know only the super fans would get it oh yeah this they need to be committed yeah. fully so when you're writing a story that's a romance story like normally you know it's a lot of conflict and it's a lot of uh like large larger than life powers meeting up just to like clamber for a prize but when you have to add a love element to the story what what do you what do you uh, what's your thought process to making that not very hard. Not very difficult, actually. That's oh, one yeah. of the easiest parts. Just uh, space princess. No, oh, yeah, it's true. Like we go, we were going to the well, basically. Yeah, and you know what? Like, uh, I don't mind doing something that's already like a trope. You know, something that's already. Sorry, I'm choking on my um. <clears throat> apple juice. <laughs> yeah, the apple cider. It's it's a it's a tangy. It cider. burns going down if yeah. you don't drink if you drink it too fast. <laughs> yeah, you got to make sure you don't breathe at the wrong time. <laughs> And that there's no open flames around. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we, so we, yeah, we go to the we go the Disney route basically. They've got it, and they know they know the deal. And we just yeah. say, Princess Mario did it. That movie, uh, what's the movie with the with the guy? <clears throat> I'm gonna need a little more, just like a. Little you more. and I, <laughs> we went out to see a Rift Tracks oh, event, um, and it was the sci-fi movie, and uh, it was this guy. He was like a he was like a prince, and he had to save the princess. Oh, um, it was um, Crawl. Crawl, yeah, and he had that like little like blade. Oh, yeah, the glaive. His, the glaive. The glaive. How do you not know Crawl? We're the same age, basically. So that inspired me. Okay. For space love adventure. It's just a a substandard '80s sci-fi movie. Yeah. Okay. No, and not... there's a king, you know. Really, like substandard '80s sci-fi really inspires most of our stuff, right? Yeah, it would be cool if space love adventure if they released that at the Ken. We're spitballing now. We've got some ideas. Oh yeah, we're, we're pitching to the internet. Yeah. If they released that at the Ken, the Ken is like a kind of a hipster uh, movie theater. Yeah. Here in, uh, have you you've been to it, right? I think I've been to it. We saw The Room there. Yeah, yeah, we with did. a couple of friends of ours. Yep. Uh, yeah, they do Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, is it the ones where the people dress up? In Indiana Jones, yeah. Nice. And you know what? They should do Space Love Adventure there. They should. Why, why are we pitching that to them? Because it's campy enough. It's campy enough. And, uh, you know, kind of just corny enough to, to fit in. I think it would be perfect for that venue. Perfect for that venue. And that's what the, the feel that we want people to have when they're watching the live show. A campy 80s romp through romance and sci-fi. Yep. Okay, so we're going to transition now to just talking about some stuff that's come up, all right? Thank you for sticking through that uh, basically interview, dear listener. But yeah. uh, let's take a look. Are you talking? Are you... Are you- Telling right, well, me I'm, thanks, or are you telling? I'm telling. I'm gonna tell everyone thanks for for sitting through <laughs> what we do to them, for what we subject our fans to. There was a pause earlier. I I do pause a lot. 
hey, if, I, you can, if you can edit that out. Okay, listen. This Maybe is you why, can edit this out. This is why you should listen to the podcast because <laughs> like, I edited out most of the long pauses. All right, good. That's like par for the course. Okay, so we're going to shift over to uh, talking about some talking points that have come up to my mind. Uh, do you have some thoughts um, that you've just, I'm not asking you to say right now, but I'm teasing. Do you have some thoughts that have come up over the course of your week? Just in the in the grand scheme of the world, things that are going on on the internet. Uh, is that what you're thinking? Or, or whatever in life, because I have some non-internet stuff too. Okay, so first things first. Um, it has occurred to me recently that uh, construction workers get a lot of shit for catcalling, and if they do catcall, they get sh- they're getting shit rightfully, right? Yeah. But really, why are they the like the the stereotypical like image you have in your head when someone catcalls? When realistically, Hollywood is like way worse. Like we have executives fondling Terry Crews, a muscle-bound, like what six foot something <laughs> dude. But okay. you would um, never see a construction worker come up to Terry Crews on the street and just start fondling his junk. Yeah. I mean, you got like, what, you got, you got Weinstein, you got, um, you got Louis C.K. doing stuff that is way worse. But when yeah, you say yeah. catcalling, the first thing you think of is a guy in a hard hat, right? Yeah. Huh. Well, I think of like a guy in a car, like a, maybe a young guy in his late teens, oh, yeah? early 20s. He's got a leather jacket and he's driving a Mustang. That's your, well. I mean, that that's what very, I think. That's of. a very specific thought. Like, listen. Like, I think Holly, of a guy like a. He's got a leather jacket. You're right. He's driving a car, you know, and he yells out the window. It's like, hey, yeah. I don't really think of construction workers, but that's kind of like the. That's the stereotypical the stereoty- one the that stereotype. a lot of people would think of. Yeah. But realistically, yeah, you think of like uh, the casting couch is a is a is a real like thing that exists. You know, you, mm-hmm. there's no uh, casting couch at a construction site, basically, or in the back of that guy's Mustang. Yeah. So there's there's no leverage there. So there is a power dynamic though, though. like uh, you know these construction workers, they don't have the power to really have, exactly. And so why isn't the powerful executive now like the guy you think of when you think of like harassment? Yeah, that's a good point. But you know that might be starting to change. You know, that people probably are will, especially people since... are finding out about it. You know, so maybe we're just like starting that transition to yeah. um, oh god, I got Weinstein today. God. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe the construction worker uh, trope came from um, the archetype of the sexual harassing construction worker came from like this construction worker maybe years ago in the 20s or 30s or something. I'm like, maybe it's a new story that we don't know in our time, but like back in the day. Oh, that was a real thing. Like this construction worker did some like fucked up shit. To, like, <laughs> it was like going around and like. He was, he was yelling at everybody. Just catcalling. I don't know. I, I get the worse. Fe- I get the feeling that it might be very regional too, because when you think of like the construction worker, he's usually Italian in your mind. So I'm betting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Italian. Yeah. I'm betting there's no. The minis- guy in the car was Italian for me. Well, wow, this sir. Before we get accused of a hate crime, I, I have to edit this and put it out in good conscience. You're the one who's bringing up Italian I, listen, I, construction workers. Whoa, I was saying this more like a regional thing. Okay, so. <laughs> It was just an interesting note I thought of when, of, of, of that power dynamic. Okay, so, do you want to talk about, uh, actually, you haven't seen Aliens and Predator recently, have you? No, I haven't seen that. Okay, so let's talk about Belle Delphine then. <laughs> Delphine. <laughs> okay, so basically, uh, Here we go. I've, since this has been around the internet for a while, I've been uh, talking about, um, well, not talking about, I've been listening to the news coming out. So basically, before she got kicked from Instagram for apparently uh, violating the rules, she had to address something about her bathwater. Mm-hmm. So I saw a tweet where she had to um, 
tell everyone that no, it does not make you sick. <laughs> sugar sugarcoating it a little bit. People were afraid of getting straight up herpes from this bathwater. <laughs> sick is sick, and I'm just gonna say yes. They were afraid of her getting herpes from her bathwater. Herpes isn't necessarily sick. It's just like a you know, it's an ongoing condition. Or uh, one I, in one in four people have it. I.e., an illness. <laughs> you can call it an illness. Okay. I.e., but people don't want to get being sick. People don't want to get herpes. Well, you know, listen. If they don't already have it, so they I, will. They will try not to get it, but maybe these these video game guys, these gamer dudes, that maybe they want to get Belle Delphine's brand of herpes. So uh, if you're willing to buy her bathwater, you're probably willing to get her herpes. Let's be honest, from <laughs> yeah. her bathwater. I don't know if that's how, uh, I don't know if that's a vector for herpes is bathwater. Yeah, but she uh, she came out and vehemently defended her fine bathwater product. Yeah, and I, <laughs> she said she didn't have an outbreak in like two years or something. I'm not sure if that was real. You, you sent that to me, and I'm not I, sure if that's... I don't know if it's real or not. What's real on the internet, really? Listen, I, I'm pretty sure it's real, but it's, it, was the, it was the funniest thing I saw that day, that <laughs> she's her own, like, product spokesman, yeah. <laughs> so she has to, like, get out ahead of these rumors and, and assure the public that her product does not make you ill. This bathwater is good bathwater. Like, you can open it up, play with it, like I do whatever I, you want with it. I put it through a rigorous quality control process, each one artisanally gathered, serialized, and mailed to you in discreet packaging labeled not gamer girl bathwater. And I saw that she was like selling whole tubs of it. She would get in the tub. Well, I think she got in the tub and she's then selling one for $10,000 or something. I'm not sure if that's real though. I don't know. Like she also addressed in that same tweet that, um, that the research that we do on the show is scant at best <laughs> Okay. about, especially about Belle Delphine's bathwater. Yeah. Um, no, I think, uh, she also addressed that, um, her pee was not a real product you could buy. Someone was selling pee <laughs> Belle with the false n- moniker that urine. it was her urine. Yeah. I mean, listen, you could probably buy pee out there, but I guess, you know, she's not ready. To, she's, she doesn't have a mortgage yet. Once she yeah. gets a mortgage, that's when she'll start selling like a lot of parts of her. Yeah. Houses, you know, are expensive, especially once, you know, she's got to start doing repairs and stuff like that. Yeah. She's going to be selling all kinds of bodily fluids. Really? I'd, I'd like her to have a different spokesperson, like a, like just a guy in a suit coming out because <laughs> really her defending her product feels a little personal. I want to see that professional, like it's like the, like, sir, the Belle Delphine bathwater product line is the finest bathwater product on the market. And Miss Delphine rigorously c- confirms that every bottle is held up to h- the highest standards of bathwater you can find out there on the internet. That'll be the day. These spurious we're, rumors. We're about two or three years away from um, those internet celebrities. What do they call them? Influencers? Influ- I think uh, influencers, from, some of them, some of them are just internet celebrities. I think influencer is a very specific thing. Yeah, okay. Because influencer well, is like someone who like has a bunch of followers and then will use that to sell something. Yeah. But then you have people like um, Meg- is a, is like Derek from Mega64. He's he's well known, but he's not an influencer, I don't think. Yeah, okay. Like or the Nostalgia Critic, like he, he has a YouTube channel and lots of followers and lots of fans, but he's not an influencer. Okay, right? yeah, yeah. Well, whatever they, whatever well, we call Probably both people. of them, probably influencers and probably minor internet celebrities. Yeah. One of them, two or three years from now, is going to come out with this guy. They're going to hire yeah, like yeah. A, a spokesman or a lawyer or something. They're going to get big enough that they ha- they can get a spokesman. To talk right to the... To the people. To people. But you know what? I feel like that's what makes it these internet celebrities like unique is that they're personable and they, 
they go out it's their own voice they have a, yeah they have a very specific brand but i think sometimes you know like like any product line like nike has a has a voice or has a like a persona but they don't always use that persona to say like okay this shoe product may have failed but it's only one shoe product they don't always have like that same voice yeah. say everything right yeah or um you know corporations on i just recently i watched this show called wisecrack yeah. on on youtube they did a recently did um a video about uh corporations and corporations being depressed oh god was it like one of uh one of them like wendy's started getting all like sassy you know, oh yeah i remember Twitter. that and then now like which one of them one of them straight up said like i can't deal with it anymore and then another <laughs> corporation was like are you okay and then that other corporation was like yeah i'm all right well to be fair like that's like their yeah the, the person who's in charge of their um of their twitter account yeah that's the one that's saying like are you okay like their their job is to like be a, a an interesting voice to get more viewers to make people think I should eat at Wendy's. Yeah, because that whole spokesman thing that went over like back a decade ago, but now like there's this new wave of humanization. And yeah, the that's commodification true. of human emotion. Ooh. Okay, so let's do some news now. All right. All right. So really, I only got one real news story right tonight, and uh, it's about Forbes actually. Um, and Forbes now has a video game columnist apparently. Which I think is pretty cool, right? Because normally okay. you don't think of Forbes as like a gamer site, but you know now they have their own like games journalist there. All right. Which I think it shows like how how deep into the market people are or how, uh, video games are penetrating. Yeah, for, uh, video games are like uh, that's a big industry. Yeah. So multi, I'm assuming a multi-billion dollar industry. I think so too, especially when you think of all the indie developers and the AAA industry and everything yeah. in between. Yeah. So the thing I was talking about is um, this writer is curious as to why no one knows that Wolfenstein Young Blood's coming out, and I'm pretty sure it's the same deal as why you don't may not know that much about a movie. Yeah. It might suck. <laughs> like they do this with movies all the time, where if it sucks, there won't be any like um, critic reviews for it. But if they think it's good, they'll like release it to to critics and let them watch it and review it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what's happening here. That's interesting. How do they know? I heard that too. That like when movies don't get a whole lot of. Uh marketing push they're like okay well they're probably thinking we want to cut our losses on this like if it's not going to be that great you know we don't want to spend all this money on marketing where do you spend all the money making it right where do you put all this money into and if you give it to the to the reviewers first they're going to say this movie sucks and it's going to drive down the numbers yeah so but how do they but what's my question is okay <laughs> how do they know it sucks does the director the producers one day they get together and they all watch it and then they're like well oh my god from what oh, I understand, oh, oh, no. like I listen to a few podcasts where they talk about making movies, yeah. and um, the thing they always say is, like, when you're filming a movie, you don't always know that it's gonna suck then. Yeah, yeah, of course. When you start cutting it together, though, that's when you know it's gonna suck. If it's in development hell, usually that's like maybe an editing process, or you have to do research shoots. Yeah. Because when you're putting it together and you realize you can't make a cohesive story, or like the all the acting doesn't like add up to anything, mm-hmm. or it just comes off as stupid. Yeah. So that that that's how they know is like when in the editing process is what I understand. Okay. And so probably they didn't know this game was going to be bad when they were designing like the base elements of it. Yeah. When they were thinking of like they probably used the same like engine or a very similar engine to the earlier games that were good. Mm-hmm. And so only when they realized that oh the some of its parts suck is when they said uh, maybe we shouldn't like market this too heavily. <laughs> is what I'm guessing. Yeah. Because I'm betting at this point, it's like uh, any movie where they have to either get it out there or cancel it. They can probably recoup some losses because mm-hmm. it has enough name recognition. 
is what I'm thinking. But if it's a decent shooter, I don't know. Maybe it's just not going to live up to expectation. Yeah, I don't know anything about Wolfenstein, so... Uh, the other one... Uh, You'll the have last, to tell me about that sometime. Uh, New Colossus was really good. It was over the top. I'll, I'll show you some clips later at dinner. Um, I'm a New Colossus... Is that Col- uh, Shadow of the Colossus? No, that's a, that's a way older game that was remade. Uh, it's where you kill giants, basically. It's, uh, okay. it's, you're, it's, it's you're a classic. Ca- you're talking about something called New Colossus? No, sh- uh, yeah, the New Colossus. It's um, basically, you know, the, the the Nazi war machine is the Colossus. And so, yeah. I'm feeling this podcast will be talking about video games a lot. We might, but listen. We're, Which is cool, because yeah. that's the kind of the crowd that we want to get. Well, that's the first one. I, I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know shit about Okay, games. next time I'll, I'll give you some heads up. <laughs> No, it's good. It's good to, to throw me into the pool, you know. Well, I think yeah, I think and I can just I can learn about video games with yes, you can everyone else. Oh yeah, I, th- I think uh, maybe for news stories I'll give you some heads up, but uh, if it's just like me talking about like carne asada fries, uh, you know, you're gonna have to roll with those punches. But yeah, I think um, <laughs> okay. yeah, I'm betting it's gonna be dumb from like a storytelling perspective because the the gameplay in the last one was super fun. From what I understand, though, Wolfenstein it's like a first person shooter. Mm-hmm. There's Nazis. Yes, and there's like a mecha robot Hitler. Uh, no, that's the old, old one. The oh. newer one just has, uh, I think the newest one, you, you meet Hitler, and he is a vomiting, neurotic mess. Oh. I mean, it would have been fun if you could shoot him, but uh, apparently you don't get to shoot Hitler in that game. Maybe in the next one you will. Oh, that's kind of lame. The, the kind of the problem with the, with the last game was if you picked normal difficulty, it felt like hard. Like they gave you like a baby's amount of health, and you got like really strong at the end of the game. And really, if you're going to kill a bunch of like Nazis mm-hmm. in like um, the deep south... <laughs> where the clan runs things you really want to be a super powered like ultra soldier you don't want to be some regular schmo right whoa that's what wolfenstein is yeah you're in the south like... well no no like this in the latest game you're in the south in the first game they takes you from world war ii you're in a coma and then you come out you come out of the coma and the nazis are taken over and then you oh. fight the nazis oh it's like the man in the high castle exactly and um in the second one uh you I think you're injured again or something, but you come back and you go to the south this time and, you know, the clan is running things and you get to kill a bunch of clansmen. Oh, cool. Sweet. And, but the problem is, yeah, you're not nearly strong enough to is like... Your, oh, they should make Django the video game. You can play as Django. Oh, that'd be great. That would that should be a DLC for Wolfenstein is you can pick <laughs> Jamie Foxx, Django. No, patent pending. Patent pending. <laughs> I think I know a guy who could help us. Uh, Mace, he's a video game tester. Yeah. Let's see if we can get him to, to get the ball rolling on that. We're going to sell some DLC to these guys. Oh, it, why didn't we think of that? That is brilliant. <laughs> Django and Wolfenstein. Django and Wolfenstein. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even have to change much. You just change like the hands a little bit because in most of the game, you're just seeing like a gun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you change the musical. You just load up some new music and you're set. Yeah. Oh, my God. Why? Yeah. Django comes out. He's like been in a cryogenic <laughs> stasis. Yeah. Like they just pick up right. Like they pick up from the movie where it left off. Yeah. And he just falls into like like an ice cliff or something or like a, a glacier, <laughs> yeah. and he wakes up in new in Wolfenstein. Yeah. Oh my God! Why didn't we need to write movies? Is what we need to do. And his job, his work isn't done. He's still got to kill some. He's got to kill some some, some racist motherfuckers. Racists, yeah. Oh God! We are geniuses, is what we are. <laughs> yeah. You know. Clink this glass. Clink my glass. Here we go. Boom. Django and the new Wolfenstein. You heard it here first. And if it comes yes, you out, did. <laughs> if it comes out. You know, we get royalties, and we're not part of it. Yeah, we should get royalties. That is subtle genius. All right, listen, that is way too much awesome for one podcast, but I'm gonna try to cram it into one upload. Okay, there we go. All right, so Let's thank you for listening to the, to the Super Awesome Showdown podcast. Transmit. I'm Spike. I'm Vic. We'll see you next time. <laughs>